0: Visit activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order, use code CLUTTERFREE. Again, that's activeskinrepair.com and use code CLUTTERFREE to get 20% off your order. You're listening to Wanna Be Clutter Free, formerly Wanna Be Minimalist, with Deanna Yates, episode number 159. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Dr. Michaela Buccaneeri about how to declutter when you are in a step family relationship. After all, decluttering is hard enough when it is just ourselves. Add in the additional layer of emotion and, well, thankfully my guest is here to show us how she accomplished it and strengthened her relationships in her family. Well, hi there, my wannabe clutter-free friend. How are you doing? I just want to say a quick thank you for joining me for this episode today. If you're returning, well, welcome back to the show. And if you are new, I want you to know that I am super happy to have you. I hope you like what you hear and you come back for more. On today's show, I am covering a topic that I'm actually really surprised we haven't talked about specifically before. My guest reached out to me after listening to episode 151, where we talked about tackling emotional declutter and wanted to discuss decluttering in step families. For me, it was a no brainer, and I knew I wanted to book her right away. After all, step families are prevalent in our communities. An estimated 42% of adults have had or have a step relationship of some kind, and it's becoming increasingly so, right? Yet so much of the guidance aimed at parents and families is filtered through a first family lens, and I am totally guilty of this. And this understandably leaves a massive segment of the population that is under-equipped to navigate an additional layer of complexity of everyday household challenges, so thankfully, my expert this week is going to help us with just that. Dr. Michaela Bouganeri is a clinical psychologist, speaker and coach living in the Twin Cities, Minnesota, with her husband and two stepsons. Blending the science of psychology and the art of stepmoming, Michaela helps women in their unique role to create a stepmom identity that is all their own. This is so that they can worry less, shift their energy to whatever lights them up and start having way more fun. I am super on board with this. Through her work, she has witnessed firsthand the stress and anxiety caused by managing clutter in a stepfamily environment, and in her own 10-plus years as a stepmom, she said she knows all too well how surprising and sensitive decluttering decisions and conversations can be. It is a great conversation, and Michaela was so wonderful to chat with. You are in for a treat of a conversation about thoughtful decluttering as a stepmom. But before we dive in, I would love to ask just a quick favor from you. Could you please take a moment and rate and review the show? You can do it right now in the app that you are using to listen to this episode. If you're listening on Spotify, you can actually leave a comment just like you would on a blog post. And if you're listening on Apple, you can actually leave me a review. And this week I'm trying something a little new. Since I do actually record all of my guest interviews in audio and video format, I am recording this in video, this intro right now on video, so I'm actually going to try to post it on YouTube so you can come over there and leave a review there as well. I did actually receive some lovely reviews this week, but this one stood out to me and I wanted to share it. So Danny82 said, and I quote, fantastic tips and information for anyone, but especially as a mama of three in a world of chaos, Deanna has a way of baby stepping you into helping to find peace among the overwhelm. There is such a wide variety of topics covered. It's not just decluttering the rooms of your home. There's ways to live more sustainable, mental health, sleep health, skincare and products, wardrobe, parenting, so many gold nuggets. And her voice is so calming. I could listen to her speak for hours, and I have. End quote. Well, Danny82, thank you so much for your really very kind uh, review. Um, You have no idea how happy I am to hear that I am helping you on your journey. I really appreciate you taking the time to leave such a thoughtful review, and I wish you all the best as you get clutter-free. And if you are listening and you think, huh, I should do that too, well then head to the rating section in your app and leave me a review. And one more thing to mention, just before we get into the episode, I promise I'll make this quick. If you want the show notes, head on over to wannabeclutterfree.com slash 159. Now there you will get the info that we talk about today, including links to Michaela's website and all of her resources. Again, you can find it all at wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 159. She also has a download that is made specifically for the listeners of today's show, so do make sure you head over to the show notes because you're not going to want to miss that. And now, let's get to our conversation.
1: Well, hi, Michaela. <laughs> Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me, Diana. Deanna.
0: I think our listeners are in for a treat today. We've been chatting a little bit uh, prior to this episode and I just had to hit record as quickly as possible because we were already having way too much fun. So this is going to be a good one. Um, But before we hop in, uh, tell us about yourself, how you help busy families, and then I'm excited to get into the topic because we are going to do a whole new spin I have never covered on the
1: show before. I'm so excited to be here. I am a clinical psychologist turned coach, and I specialize in supporting stepmoms who are stressed and overwhelmed so that they can start worrying less and have way more fun on their own and with their families. Um, My own stepmom story began when I met a divorced dad of two little boys. Um, They were three and five when I came into their lives, and they're about to turn Fifteen and seventeen this summer, so we've been together over a decade now, so I'm delighted to be here and and be able to share from that perspective.
0: Well, I'm excited and you reached out to me after Krista's episode where we were talking about sentimental clutter and you just had this really great idea about coming at it from a step family perspective. and I had never had that on the show. Um, it's not a world that I am in. And so I am just really excited to talk with you about that because, with the statistics being that around 50% of marriages end in divorce, I think everybody has heard that one. You know, uh, inevitably, that's going to lead to a lot of step or blended families. And so we'll talk about that a little bit. But can you, you know, just let's talk about that. What is this perspective of decluttering from a step family perspective? And of course, that's going to be tricky. It's tricky in a you know what's the term I'm supposed
1: to even use? N- nuclear family is that the is that the word? So it's a great question. The vocabulary is ever evolving. Yes. but one that I like to use is is first family. I know first it sounds family. very there it sounds go. very presidential, but sure. that's that's helpful because it can get, yeah, it gets very tricky with the terminology just because, yeah. like first families, there are so many different flavors of step family. Um, it can be influenced by factors like. Uh, how you came together, the ages of the kids when you came yeah. together, whether they're um, whether the stepmom had children from a previous relationship that she's bringing to that family, whether she, like me, is child free or childless, all kinds of different factors can right. influence it. And I don't have to tell you or your audience that clutter is just one manifestation of the stuff that we carry around—emotional mm-hmm. stuff, mental stuff—and so. Even what what I have experienced and what I've seen in my work with step step moms is that even step families with the very best of intentions and the most intentionality in how they're approaching this are often quite surprised by just how complex um, these situations can be, and clutter is one area where they really have to confront it in a practical way.
0: Well, that makes sense. I mean, because even from my perspective as a first family, right? the child that my husband and I have born is a lot of me. It's a lot of him. But then we also bring a lot of baggage to the, you know, to all of it, to raising her, to our stuff, to, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So again, we've got families, you know, it's like a domino or kind of like this like big web where everything's interconnected. And yet, it's really hard to even know because you're so ingrained in it. You don't even realize as the person who has these thoughts and feelings that your thoughts and feelings may not be the same as other people's (laughs) thoughts and feelings. (laughs) And so, yeah, this is really fascinating. So let's talk about this a little bit. I don't know how you want to start. What, you know, if you want to talk, start with your story, or if you want to talk about kind of mindsets around clutter and how you've seen that in in your family? Where do you want to start? Let's go from there.
1: Thanks. I think, well, with my big disclaimer out of the way that like there's no one type yeah. of step family, I think maybe what I'll do is start with kind of a few general truths about most step families. And then as we talk, I can just pepper in, you know, parts of my story along the way, as it makes sense. But, Great. you know, in general you've already kind of teed this up perfectly there are within one step family lots of what we could consider subfamilies so what i mean by that is even taking the example let's set aside the step families where the stepmom comes to the relationship with kids of her own let's just think about a stepmom joining a partner with kids um in that case just some of the subfamilies that we're dealing with here are that first family as they experienced it when they were together prior to the breakup of that relationship. There is the reality of that first family as it exists now on the other side of that rupture. There is the step family that's coming together in its own way and timing during that process and there's whatever the step family will go on to be. So right there that's just that's four different dimensions. And then when we factor in the fact that as you've said each member of the family has their own lens through which they're experiencing all of this, mm-hmm. it gets very complex very quickly. And so when we look at a practical domain like decluttering, we can see, boy, there's a lot of moving parts here and so there's this additional layer of complexity on top of what is Already, decluttering is already complex enough, as we know. Something else to think about in light of the subfamily reality is that in general, we do well, we being stepmoms, but also every member of the family, to approach it with a healthy respect and curiosity. And an analogy that I like to use, and this is perfect for you given your family's (laughs) travel history, I like to liken it to the same respect with which you'd approach a new country or a new culture. You don't just come in and impose your own perspectives and expectations and beliefs and norms. You're probably going to start actually by not doing a whole heck of a lot at all. You're going to be wandering around, (laughs) observing, taking it all in. And that is how you're going to gain a healthy appreciation for the history that's gone before, the traditions a lot of the norms and values, some of the vocabulary that might be used, the way language is used, all of that cannot be rushed. And so that's something, that's one of the kind of rude awakenings, I think, that many families have is, on the one hand, you've got this practical, like, we got a clean house. We have to make order out of our physical space. But there's also this awareness that, like, we cannot rush this because it's delicate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm, I like that. I really like
0: that analogy of, It is like taking a trip and just observing like what is already there and not coming at it from because when you travel, right, you come at things from a curiosity perspective. You do, you think of like, oh, how fascinating, right? There's a fascination versus I have to fix this. And I think just even that little shift I mean, we can even just use that into our own lives, even those of us that are in first families that aren't in step families. Like if you think about it from that perspective, if you are new to decluttering and you have a kiddo and you are trying something totally different, maybe if we look at it from that perspective of, all right, let's just, let's be fascinated by what have we done before in the past or what, how are these things? What are people really attached to? And knowing again, that everybody has their own perspective, their own feelings, their own sense of what they feel is most important to them. Oh, I love that idea. That's a really
1: Absol- fun analogy. Yeah. I thought It's so helpful. And it is one of those things that sounds so simple, harder to put into practice, of oh, course. Sure. We're creatures of habit. We're inherently <laughs> self-focused, right? But I think in your conversation with Krista, St. Germain, and talking yeah. about the emotions that come up around grief and loss and as it relates to our clutter, like- I love the perspective that you discussed with her about, you know, a, an emotion is not a problem to be fixed. Mm-hmm. And so you just touched on that so just good. now that if we can just adopt a healthy curiosity, we are not having to make a judgment one way or the other about what we're observing. We're just right. taking it in and we're eyes open. And that's really yeah. all yeah. you have to do and all you really can do at the start, yeah. I would argue.
0: Open heart, open mind. Yeah. Exactly. Just kind of- Being there and being and just saying like, all right, well, let's figure this out together, right? Because you're all in this together. And so if you can figure it out together, it will just create stronger bonds, I think. So, all right. So we've kind of talked about shifting our mindset. Well, um, maybe let's talk about that. Maybe our attitude toward clutter. Is there, what have you seen in the past that has worked? Kind of how people view clutter. Obviously, this is one of the biggest questions I get from every family is like, I want it this way. Other people want it this way. Like, let's just start, like, just talk about that attitudes about clutter.
2: Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff, play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood.
0: Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys
2: kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs)
1: again reiterate that with step families there there is this additional layer of complexity just by virtue of the sheer number of perspectives that are involved um and there is also i mean i'd be remiss if i didn't call out the fact there is unfortunately quite a significant gap still between the pressures and the demands the challenges really that step families are experiencing right now mm. and the resources that are available to support them and so on a practical level What ends up happening is that a lot of stepmoms, for example, will, okay, I've got a home now um, with with other people that I need to have a role in managing our stuff. What does that look like? And so she might plug into an excellent resource like your podcast and take what fits. But inevitably, there's going to be a point at which it's like, but it feels trickier or it feels like this feels really sensitive. What now? And so- Something that can be really helpful is remembering first of all that there there is no set timeline that is correct here just as you talk about so nicely all the time that there's there's no like one size fits all way to do decluttering as a family oh, wow. of course not with step families i would say even ratchet that up even a bit more and say like just be even gentler with yourself because things take time There is emotional residue, physical remnants of, of the ending that happened with that first family. And so being able to be sensitive, yes, to the experiences of the kids that are involved and your partner and any other members of the family, but also with yourself and recognize like this will happen and I have all the time I need. Like that's one little mantra I recommend. It's very simple, but just reiterating to yourself, I'm not on a clock here. There's no like deadline. And if I miss it, then I'm out of luck. You have all the time you need, um, and I really don't think you can ever go wrong by by giving yourself a little extra time to do this. But as from a self awareness perspective, because ultimately, frustratingly, we can only control ourselves. <laughs> we can't like control other people's needs and values and all of that. Um, there was a humbling moment in my own story when I was coming together again, not having kids of my own, and then um, coming together with my partner and his kids, (laughs) when I had to confront the uncomfortable reality that not all clutter was created equal in my eyes, specifically Hmm. my own clutter that I'd gotten very comfortable with for, I don't know, 30 years, (laughs) um, did not did not bug me in the same way that certain elements of other people's clutter around our house did. And again, like I know there's parallels here with any family. Sure. I think just recognizing like okay, I just need to be aware of that then because um it it's not about it's not that now you have no say over the clutter in the common spaces of your home. If anything, I actually think it connects us all together in a meaningful way. It's like It's difficult for the members of my family to think about managing their clutter the same way it's difficult for me to think about parting with certain things. And so just knowing that we all are going to have our own challenges with that and and being okay with that. Another piece, just as far as perspective about clutter, that stepmoms in particular face is more so than any other member of a stepfamily system, the stepmom, as we think about it as a role, there is immense ambiguity and confusion mm-hmm. about what what is expected of her, um, and so this means that even with seemingly straightforward decluttering tasks, it can bring up a lot of this kind of like one foot on the gas pedal, one foot on the brake, like mm-hmm. oh, and and that's where you know we come to this this idea of overstepping. That's a big mixed message that um stepmoms experience and that i hear from a lot of stepmoms is gosh i'm expected to step up in all these practical ways and help with a lot of the day-to-day running of this family but when it comes to Kind of these invisible lines that I might not even be aware of. I've accidentally overstepped and that's not my place. And so just, there's just a lot of fear and worry around that for stepmom. So that's something else to, to just be mindful of um, as you're navigating how you're managing your household stuff.
0: Yeah. There's a couple of things I want to kind of circle back to as, as you were talking, it made me think of the different phases you know, kids go through a lot of different phases. And you said you entered uh, your stepchildren's life at five and three, and now they are 15 and 17. And that's a big difference. You know, there's a lot of different phases that go on in there. And so maybe um, one thing I might think of to help someone with decluttering is maybe wait to the next phase, right? Because you can start to then call back before you even bring in, right? So you stop the clutter before it even enters the house. And so maybe you're not trying to push and get rid of things, but just as they outgrow that phase, they will naturally want to let go of those things and be more mindful of as you enter into the next phase, as they go from maybe preschool to elementary school, there's going to be a shift there. And so just being cautious about what you bring in as they like the new things, right? As they get into Pokemon, well, we only have so many Pokemon cards. Here's a <laughs> here's a Pokemon card holder and we can fill up this card holder. And as those spaces are filled, you get to decide which Pokemon cards get to stay, which ones go, but this is the Pokemon card holder, whatever. That's the first thing that came to my mind when you said- I love that hey, example. <laughs> oh, but just like keeping it really, again, simple, easy, not these giant- tectonic plate shifts, right? Like we don't have to have this huge change to start making progress as we go. And just having that moment of like, okay, this is a season. It's going to go ahead and it it will pass. I don't have to, you know, dig in so hard and just dig my heels in on this one thing and make this the hill I'm willing to die on. Just having that moment.
1: I love that so much. I love that perspective. And I think it, It To piggyback on that a little bit, I think um, it's a great reminder that sometimes when we're feeling boxed into two extremes, like I have the black option and the white option, I love hitting pause, stepping back and just asking, again, getting curious, what's a third option here? And so this is a perfect example that oftentimes a stepmom specifically will find herself in a situation where given all the ambiguity and uncertainty – Um, It's not because she's a control freak so much as it's very human to want to wrangle order out of chaos. And so um, decluttering the home is one domain where that can manifest. But that's one extreme where you come in like gangbusters and then you risk all kinds of um, it just brings up more challenges in the future than as far as just bonding with this family that's still coming together and coalescing. But then the other extreme is where she feels kind of like she's trapped in this museum of another family's stuff. Mm. And um, so I hear that a lot from stepmoms. Like, I don't see myself reflected in my home, and that doesn't feel good. And so remembering, like, there's a third option. And as far as the kids and phases, one specific challenge that comes up, I know, is around sentimental items that maybe the kids aren't yet developmentally in a place where they can make an informed decision about what happens with that. And so right, right. a really simple fix would be for the parents, really for, for the kid's parent to take, take charge of putting those, corralling them together and putting them someplace safe so that then, as you say, when they're in a different season when they are developmentally able to go through and enjoy those objects and decide what they want to do with them, then they're there.
0: Yeah. I love that. And the other part I was going to come back to was the vulnerability part, because I talk to, you know, I tell moms all the time and, and I've seen it time and time again, right? Everybody resists decluttering until you start to deal with your own clutter, right? Mm-hmm. And so you come in and you have this moment of like, all right, this is what I'm doing. And this is, you know, and maybe you start talking about how it makes you feel and what it's like to get rid of it. And there is that moment of vulnerability. And I can see that being very difficult for a stepmom who's coming into a family who feels like, I actually need to, maybe I feel like I need to show this strong front, right? Mm-hmm. I need to, I need to show everybody, I feel like I need to show everybody that I have got it together. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. it can be a little bit easier for a first mom maybe to say like, Hey, I don't really, I don't really know what I'm doing here either. Like, yeah, oh, this is all new. So is there a way that you help steps and moms kind of bridge that moment of like, you don't need to show that you have it all together. We're all human. We're all growing. We're all just doing the best we can, but yeah. How do we get that across to kids that we don't really want to, you know, how, how do we make ourselves feel seen and go through these vulnerability things, but still come out strong and feel like we've got it going, got
1: it together. So I, excellent question. And as far (laughs) as vulnerability goes, even with very little kids, kind of my, my blanket recommendation is as long as certain pieces are in place, meaning like as, as long as kids know that they are secure and that the adults have it more or less like the, the basics are taken care of. They're yeah. safe. They know what to expect at home. Beyond that, it's perfectly OK. And I think really healthy thing for kids to see the grown ups, especially in parenting roles, speaking about their internal experience, speaking about their emotions. Again, that's why I think it's really helpful to be able to start by thinking about your own relationship to your stuff, because mm-hmm. as you said, you can model that. So in my case, I'm very I don't tend to have a lot of sentimental attachments to clutter except for paper like sentimental paper so note card you know notes i've received or just little like clippings from different things and so being able to share some of that as i'm going through my own stuff i keep my own version of the pokemon card holders like <laughs> i have a small box um and i get to you know keep sentimental pieces of paper in there and being able to share about that a little bit. As I'm going through my own stuff, not only, again, helps convey we're all doing this together. This isn't a power over thing where I'm saying you have to clean up your mess. It's about us making sure that our home always is a space that we all feel good in and that everything here is here for a reason. But it also just gives you an emotional vocabulary to talk about feelings. And that's going to serve you for years to come. And so in that way i mean i don't want to romanticize the practical challenges of decluttering but i've really found it to be a springboard for so many really rich conversations for step families in particular
0: well and i think it's a really rich springboard for first families because yeah. honestly you, as you go through your things a lot of these thoughts come up about why do i feel attached to these things is this because of a you know something from my childhood like that like I had this mentality that was passed down to me because of how my parents felt about their stuff. Or, um, you know, I think there's just a lot of that conversation that comes through our stuff because our stuff really is
3: just an emotional minefield.
0: It really is. And I think that's really one of the reasons why people resist decluttering so much is because they don't want to have to deal with it. Right. There's already so much going on in life. There really is. It's you know, life is hard. And especially in our modern age where things are supposed to be easier and yet they're so much more complicated. (laughs) I think we forget about that. And I think we take that for granted that, or just kind of gloss over the fact that, you know, I get that things are supposed to be easier, but being connected 24 seven is actually a lot more complicated than when we got to unplug and not really worry about isn't that the the rest of the world or worry about what was happening at work or people couldn't get a hold of you if you left the house like oh my gosh I talked to our daughter about that like how you could just leave the house like you just left
1: imagine that
0: and no one knew where you were and you had to like have a moment of where you were going to meet people like we're going to meet at this time at this place they weren't there you were on your own like yeah. Just,
1: you hoped they were okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. Life was just a little bit different. And for some, re- you know, for some things, it's a lot nicer to know where our daughter is at all times, yes. right? Like that gives me a moment of, um, you know, just, it's nice to know where she is. So there's a little bit of a breath of like, huh, but also it actually makes you a little bit nuttier. And so I think that there's that moment of all of that clutter, dealing with all of that stuff, that emotional stuff is yeah. for everybody. And it just maybe is a little bit heightened in a step family where you have, you're not sure what the background story is coming into it. Right. And you right. actually have that, which you didn't talk about, you have that fifth person in your case, because yes. there were two kids and a husband, you know, your yes. new husband and you, yes. and there was the mom. Yeah. Right. So there's that fifth person that you're dealing with who is, you, you have to be careful because you don't want to, talk badly about her you're not trying no. to say anything bad about her or you know
1: and i will say waves.
0: yeah go into that
1: overwhelming no i'm so glad you bring that up overwhelmingly of the stepmoms that i work with and talk to they know like they're they that's a firm commitment that they're not yeah. they're not saying anything or doing anything um knowingly that would that would put the kids in a situation where they felt like they had to protect or defend or choose. it's difficult it's choose yeah. it's difficult enough um, they're in a situation that even if it is objectively calmer healthier in some nice. cases safer than the first family was it is still a loss because it's their first family and so yeah. recognizing that and knowing that so most stepmoms recognize that what I think is not always on our radar is how, the most mundane stuff in our homes connects back to that. So mm. two two ways I've seen this play out with adults and then with the kids specifically. So I strongly recommend that given the strong emotions attached to the stuff that's in our homes that when a step family is first coming together that the adults really regardless of the ages of the kids, but for sure in our case where the kids were still pretty little, mm-hmm. I recommend that the adults be the ones that get on the same page of going through the home when they can in private and just doing that first really good sweep of what is here and are there things maybe that, that belong at the other house or things that need to be parted with or any repairs that need to be made to the home just because things can be so emotionally charged and you never really know. Um, so many stepmoms are surprised by just how deep it goes. It's like, mm. gosh, we were we were spackling over, you know, holes in a wall. And suddenly my partner was launching into this story about a memory that that triggered um, for them. And I think, again, like not to make it sound overly dramatic, but our homes carry scars of of mm. the families that live there in any family. And so given what you're saying, you know, the the sensitivity of those subfamilies, and knowing that even though the first family looks different, for the kids, that is still their first family. And so mm-hmm. one way to respect that and also really get more done on a practical level is for the adults to spearhead kind of the initial taking inventory of the house.
0: Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly because sometimes life sucks.
3: It.
0: Feel like you're the martyr in your family?
3: Mm,
0: I love that. That's great. Because yes, then you can have those more emotional conversations. You can talk about where there might be some pitfalls. So you know what you're kind of getting into. I really, really like that. Um, Do you have any other practical tips for facilitating these decluttering conversations? um maybe that are a little less emotionally charged yes. to diffuse yes. that
1: <laughs> so most of them are in my experience much less emotionally charged most of it is it's it's happening below the level of our awareness and so unfortunately because of that sometimes as adults we we treat kind of the kids clutter with less reverence or seriousness than we would if we were kids and so I bring this up because, and again, it's not because anyone is intentionally trying to disrespect anyone, but a stepmom, for example, might decide, okay, well, one easy place I can start is throwing away the broken toys or like the Legos that are left over from that one set that doesn't even, I'm just chucking it all in the trash. And isn't that a great way I can help my family today?
0: No. No. <laughs> See, you know, you can see me on this video. I'm like, cr- like my body language has just tightened up. My shoulders are high. I'm like, oh,
1: no. Oh, no. So I want to turn it back to you, Deanna. And you tell us from your expertise, just like high level why that's not a good idea. And then I'll shared this, my own perspective of yeah. why that's.
0: Well, funny. I have a very sensitive child too. So from the get go, like a rock she found on right. a sidewalk, you know, she knows where it came from, what she was doing that day, who was with us. So I learned early on that what I saw as junk, she saw as treasures. Right. So I think that from just that perspective alone of like, If you look at your kids' stuff, how you look at your entire home, right? There are things in your home that make no sense to no one else but you. Yes. Your kids' stuff is the same way. Like that is their life because they don't have many things that they can be in charge of, right? They are not in charge of much in their life. They are not in charge of where they go on any given day. They're not in charge of, what time they go to yeah. bed, they're not in charge, sometimes not even of what they wear. Right. And so we tell them all day long, here's what you're going to eat. Here's how you're going to brush your teeth. Here's what you're going to wear. Here's, you know, it's time to get ready for bed. De-na-na-na-na. And their stuff is th- that's what they control. And so, yeah, absolutely. I am a big proponent of kids being involved in what they let go of. And that's why that stages, right? As you get wow. to different stages and you can be more intentional about what you bring in is so important to me because that's where you can start that conversation is on the in, like what's coming in versus what going, it's going out. It's so much harder to let go of things than it is to stop them before you even have them. So yes. that's where I'm coming from. I've, you have I love it.
1: it. Your turn. <laughs> And I know, I know your approach. I knew that that would be your message. And I love that message. I feel exactly the same way. I come to it, you know, I came to it, even though I was brand new to so many aspects of step family life. I did come from my clinical psychology background and my background working with kids and in therapy. And so fortunately, that served me well enough to be able to know better in that one specific way. So a way that I've translated this for stepmoms that I work with is to say not every – so A, just remind remembering we're not putting pressure on ourselves to get it done in a weekend. That is Mm -hmm. totally not realistic. It didn't happen overnight, right? Um, It's not going to get fixed overnight. But also not every instance of clutter is a problem to be solved. And so it sounds funny at first, but I encourage stepmoms to consider, especially early on, what what could I do with this clutter? What could we do with this clutter besides declutter it? And what that can reveal are some really creative opportunities for relationship building with your stepkids. And so in my instance, um, my two stepsons at the time that I was first, we weren't all living together at this point, but I I had moved closer to where they lived. We, we eased in gradually, um, but it gave me an opportunity to dip in, be part of some of their routines and rituals, and just for us to get to know each other in their space. And at the time um, that I was first getting to know them, my younger stepson was really into, well, all things hockey, and that really hasn't <laughs> changed, but at the time, like one of his prized possessions were his hockey guys.
0: Mm. So they're
1: like, it was like a bucket of little plastic hockey players. And then there's this mat rink that you could lay out on the floor and make them. Okay. So he plays with, he played thoroughly and actively with these hockey guys. And so some of them were mangled and broken. And this is an example where if I had come in and chucked some of them, I would have missed out on the opportunity to get down on the floor with him, play hockey guys, and ask him about all the different players and miss out on this. I have such a clear, sweet memory of him picking up one of the broken hockey guys and saying, well, this guy's injured, so he's on the bench, but he's going to be back next week. And we had a whole – he had like a whole narrative about it. And that's my point is that play for kids is – everything it is it runs really deep for sensitive kids in particular it can really um, create this meaning in their world that that might not exist outside of that or might not feel as safe but for all kids it is their domain and it's something they can invite you into and use as a tool to teach you about themselves and I would have missed out on all that richness if I just tried to chuck some of his toys. Um, My other stepson was really big into Legos. And while he loved, you know, getting the set and creating the thing using the plan, where he really, like, what really lit him up was just going going off script, going rogue and making his own creations. So you see, like, the pieces that didn't seem to go or fit were very much part of the tools he was using to make these creations. And in his case... His little brother was very outgoing, and so he was all too happy to play hockey guys with me. But my older stepson um, at five was was slower to open up, slower to warm. That's just his temperament. Mm-hmm. And so um, as we were able to play Legos together, just side by side, like sometimes not even making eye yeah. contact, it became this tool where he could open up and talk to me and share and because I was practicing curiosity, there was all of these insights that came from that. And that's just, that's a small example, but we miss out on so much. And that's especially powerful for stepmoms who so often feel like they're coming into this pre existing culture, they're playing catch up. You can really learn a lot in these small moments centered around stuff that doesn't necessarily need to be decluttered just yet. Yeah.
0: Well, and that's the other thing. All stuff is not, stuff is stuff, stuff is a tool, right? And if it is being used and people cherish it, it is not clutter, even if it's broken, right? It doesn't, what you find clutter, other people find treasures. And so, yes, having that open mind of being like, okay, let's look at this and have conversations about it. And do you really want this? And I mean, still, even with our daughter, I mean, we do two pretty big declutter sessions every year. I'm lucky she has a summer birthday. It's practically just six months after Christmas, right? Like we are, it's, we got really lucky. It's like (laughs) twice a year, just right on clockwork. Um, So before those really big gift giving holidays of like, okay, Okay. Hey, is there, are there things that you are willing to pass on or ready to pass on to other kids? Right. It's not this, like, let's get rid of it. It's more of, Hey, have you outgrown this? Not taking a moment of like, are you done with this? Like this, let's trash this, you know, mm-hmm. because again, these are their things that they have, you know, they've formed connections with them. There are emotions involved. And so, yeah, just having that moment of like, oh, tell me about this. Right. So you could even take it from a perspective of like, what's this thing? Tell me about this thing. Yes. And then they either tell you a story of like, oh, I used to play with that or, oh, that was from blah, blah, blah. And you'll be able to tell in their language and how they talk about something, whether they really like it and there's a connection still or whether they're like, oh, that's like a so yesterday. <laughs> so last year, like I have a girl. <laughs> Clearly, it's going to be a little bit different conversation than the boys, probably.
1: But not always all that different. Totally. Yeah. I know I I love that because there's so, yeah, again, all these micro opportunities to connect. And I think Mm -hmm. in our experience, you know, sometimes those conversations go really smoothly where they'll offer up on a silver platter. I'm no longer into this. Please let's give it to someone else. In which case, you can use that to reinforce, like, yeah, you used to be really big into that. But these days, I noticed you're super into this and you can talk about that or you can use it as a chance to reinforce what you know and love about them. Like, gosh. Yeah, another kid would enjoy that. I love your heart for sharing with other kids. I love your natural generosity. If, on the other hand, it's not going as smoothly and they're like, you can pry this object out of my rigid fist here. <laughs> exactly. You can, you might have to dig a little deeper, but yeah, you're still really into that. And that's because I know you care about this and whatever. Sure. But it's like, Wanting to I think of it as like wanting to wring out all the goodness out like all the mm-hmm. juice out of each one of these little interactions, even the the sticky ones, because that's the stuff that you build a life and a family on, frankly,
0: oh, I love that sentiment mm-hmm. right there that is the stuff you build a life and a family on, just those moments of yeah, just connecting right mm-hmm. That's what it's all about connecting, forming those connections, those relationships and uh, just being there for one, one another and knowing that if you can get through some of these stickier situations, they will know that they can come to you, fall back on you when things get a little bit harder in their life. So, oh, Michaela, well, this has been wonderful. I'm so excited. Thank you for bringing this perspective to the oh, show and just, you know, I, I just love it. Yeah. We had never actually covered this topic. So I was really happy that you reached out. So awesome.
1: It's my pleasure. And yeah, I mean, hopefully this illustrates for no matter who's listening that, you know, at any time there's the things that are true of most families and then there's the things that's specifically true of your family. And so if you can zoom out and take what's helpful, you know, from those big messages and then zoom in and and decide what makes sense for, for you and your people,
3: mm.
0: we'll all do better. Yeah. So good. All right. Well, where can people find you? I know they're going to want to reach out and um, especially anybody in a step family is going to you know, want to know more information. So where can they find you?
1: Yeah, I think to to keep things simple, I'll go ahead and create a dedicated landing page on my site and I'll round up all the resources so your audience can find everything there. So folks can go to the slash wannabe and it'll be there.
0: Great. All right. Well, we will make sure we have the link in the show notes as well. So Everyone can find it if they haven't, uh, if they don't have time to write that down or can't remember it, no problem. We'll have it for you there. So just go on over to the show notes. Um, okay. So my favorite way to end every episode is with three rapid fire questions. I have tweaked them just slightly. Um, but they're pretty much the same, but the first one is what does clutter free mean to you?
1: Mm, For me, it means Freedom, specifically the freedom to shift focus away from managing our stuff and aim- the ability to aim the full force of your attention and your beautiful brain at the people, the passions, the pursuits that that light you up. I think that's, that's clutter-free.
0: Mm, so
1: good. So good.
0: <laughs> um, and number two, is there anything that we missed that you want to make sure people know or anything we talked about today that you want to reiterate? And if people were just listening and got one thing to take away from this, what's something that you would want them to know?
1: I think if you can focus on the feeling that your family has when they enter your home, so many other things will become easier. So often we want to, we get really stuck in a worry cycle of, am I making the right decisions? Like, is this how are my kids gonna reflect on this when they're grown? So often we we overlook the really obvious touch points of how does it feel when they cross the threshold to our home and what kind of emotion like what is the feeling they're gonna remember um, of of us and our home and so if you can if you can ensure do what you can that your home is a safe soft place for everyone to land everything else kind of becomes secondary to that.
0: making a heart over here. It's so good. Love it. Oh my gosh. I love it. Yeah. Just those things, right? The big things that we kind of do take for granted. We can get so caught up in the minutia of the little things, just taking care of that one big thing really can make such a big difference. So awesome. All right. Number three, last one. What is making you happy right now or in this season of your life?
1: Honestly, it's it's this business. It's getting to have conversations like this with you. I've I've worn so many different hats over the years. And I feel like now I'm I'm in kind of my stepmom hype girl era where it's really fun to be able to, you know, my kids are yeah, the kids are teenagers now. And so being able to Look back through the rearview mirror with over a decade now of of perspective on this while still being in it, still learning and growing and trying this stuff out. It's just a really sweet time to be able to have these conversations um, and talk about just the, the everyday stuff of life, but from this step family perspective. It's a a total honor and one that I did not did not expect. So fun.
0: Well, Michaela, this has been a delight. Thank you so much for joining us and just being so open and honest and just cheerful and optimistic is the word, I guess. I don't know. Just this has been a wonderful conversation. So thanks for
1: coming with us today. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Cheers. Wasn't that so good? I loved chatting with her and her gentle approach.
0: I mean, so many of her tips work for all families, not just relationships. And so I think that was really nice to be able to see it Uh, with both lenses, and i really appreciate her coming on the show and sharing her perspective with us but now it is your turn i would absolutely love to know what stood out to you the most today feel free to leave a comment um, on Instagram or you can send me a DM over there. I am at wannabeclutterfree, all one word. And that is on all the social channels. So you can find me on Instagram or Facebook or Pinterest or wherever else I am these days. Um, Or you can come over to the Wannabe Minimalist family group on Facebook and join in the conversation there. We would absolutely love to have you. And as always, thank you for joining me today. If you made it this far, just a reminder that I would be thrilled if you left a rating for this podcast, as well as a review on Apple Podcast or a comment on Spotify, or on this one, even a comment on YouTube. Your reviews make my day, and it helps me be able to book more guests on the show for you to discover and learn from. And a special thanks again to Dr. Michaela Bucaneri for joining us on the show today and for being so gracious with her advice. Remember, you can find out more about Michaela by heading over to wannabeclutterfree.com slash 159. Again, that's wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 159, where she has put together a landing page just for listeners. So it's very specific to the information we talked about today. So make sure you head over there because you will not want to miss that. I hope you have a wonderful day, and I will see you back here next week for a solo show when I will be talking about carving out time for joy. As the saying goes, all work and no play makes Jack a very dull boy, and I think the same is true for decluttering in our homes. We need to have purpose for the work that we are putting in, and including fun and joy might be just the thing we are missing. So please come on over and check it out. And with that, I'm Deanna Yates, and you've been listening to Wanna Be Clutter Free. I'll see you next week. Cheers.